Good morning. It is Monday, November 26th. It's 7:23 a.m. So I had to think about the date. I'm I could be mistaken. Hope y'all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um I know I did. I think it was probably the best one I've ever had. Um, maybe, you know, yeah, I mean, the best one that I can recall having. Let's put it that way. I've had a lot of Thanksgivings. Um, I spent it in Noe Valley at Taylor and Burke's house. Uh, Hannah, uh, Brendan, um, Abby, Matt, and Nancy were there. And the food was all really delicious. Um, I focused on the desserts mostly. So I, I made a pecan pie, a chess pie, a brandy truffle. And um, I made some spetzel, which I make every year, and a side bacon. Um, there, was, uh, there were two exceptional pumpkin pies by Nancy. The turkey was off the chain, made by Taylor. There were these little, um, like, cheesy, uh, cheesy curry rice uh, croquettes that she made as an appetizer that were just delicious. They just, I wanted, you know, I wanted to eat them all, but I only had two. Um, I could have elbowed my way in and just kind of gorged myself, but it wouldn't have been fair. I think there were only eight of them. Um there were there was just champagne after champagne uh and then a, a, a tequila a fizzy tequila cocktail kind of like a paloma i guess it was like a paloma or something towards the end um which i did not need but i i drank anyway um <clears throat> pardon me so the house is i'm not going to you know disclose the address but the house is is um a block over from 24th Street, so near, really close to the main Noe Valley Strip. Um, it It is an interesting house. It's, it's huge. It was built in 1909. It's split up into four apartments. Um, the guy who owns the house currently, he lives in one of the apartments. His family has lived in the house since the 1920s. Um, I am trying to find out who the original owners of this house is, were, excuse me. And um, the reason why is because several people living in the house have spotted at different times two men, sometimes usually just one man. The main man is very tall and he has a long coat and he moves somewhat swiftly and he has kind of a top hat and he's got a very angular thin face and kind of wild hair and um, it's been confirmed by the residents of the house that it's a ghost and there's a second guy who's who's uh he's a bit on the shorter side who has a slick back, black hair, and a black coat, who who hides behind the tall guy. And they are often seen in the house, and uh, Nancy, who's lived there for about 30 years, 
said that she feels they protect the house. I think the men are from the Edwardian era, which is when the house was built in 1909. So just three years after the earthquake. So um, they've been spotted in the garden. Uh, they've been spotted, I believe, kind of like right near where the back door is. And in, other, in various other locations of the house. Um, sometimes they stay there for a long time. They stand for a prolonged period, to be clear. Or the, they're, swift, you're, they're swiftly um, exiting and you might only see the back of them. Um, at one point, I believe Nancy said it was in the 90s, there was a string of burglaries in the neighborhood where everyone got hit except for them. And her theory is that the house was protected by these two men. In my research, trying to find out who the original owner of the home was, I did find out a bunch of other interesting facts. Um, one of them being that there were two brothers, uh, George and Harry, and the George and Harry Gray, and they owned three quarries in the uh, surrounding area. They had one, a Noe Valley quarry located, located at 26 in Duncan. Um, they had a, a Telegraph Hill quarry um, located in uh, what is now Billy Goat Hill. And then they had a Corona Heights uh, quarry. Um, so they were all fairly close to each other. And if you kind of go around that area, you'll see these like mountainous rocks. Well, they used to be even bigger during that time. Um, but as I began to do my research, I realized that it, these these two brothers could not possibly have been uh, the the brothers that um, are now ghosts who who um, hang out on Noe Street. I mean, in Noe Valley, not Noe Street, in Noe Valley. Um, the reason why is because these two brothers, George and Harry Gray, were were horrible people, and they they have no no one's better interests in mind. And so I I deduced that it was not them. Um, only one picture of uh, George Gray remains. There's no no pictures found of Harry Gray, um, unless you probably were to go to a physical archive. Um, but no one really probably liked him enough or, or um, enjoyed their company enough to um, want to possess a photograph of them. That's how, that's how awful they were. And, um, you know, just alone, if you can imagine living so close to the quarries as this house that I had Thanksgiving at was, um, I'd say three blocks, you know, it was, it was, uh, three blocks away from uh, the 20s, Six and Duncan Quarry, and then it was about mm, five blocks away from uh, the uh, the one that's on Thirtieth. Um, pardon me, I'm really bad with directions, um, but it, needless to say, it was close. So they um, were blasting all the time, destroying people's homes, seriously injuring people. And their excuse was, we have, we have 1,500 jobs that would be lost. Um, they would provide cobblestones to China. They um, would provide, like, just things to, like, fill in ships, like the inside of ships when you have, like, 
um, you know, old iron sides. So the uh, stone in, in between two uh, pieces of metal, um, two metal walls and a ship. Um, just, just blasting, blasting, blasting. If you can imagine, and and uh, the preservation, the existing preservation societies at the time were in an outrage because uh, they thought Telegraph Hill was was just beautiful, and um, it it was a majestic, you know, piece of rock, and uh, the brothers had disagreed. Um, they were very, very wealthy. They were, they were millionaires of the time, which is, I mean, I guess pretty close to being a billionaire nowadays. Um, they, uh, one of the things they did was they blasted and made cobblestones for the cable car tracks. And guess what? They all sucked. They all had to be recalled. They had to take back all of those cable car, car stones that they made because they were not good enough. So then they were just creating a lot of waste as well. Uh, another, and they just didn't care. They really didn't care. What they, when the one concession they made is they'd warn people when they were about to pretty much blow up and shoot rock everywhere. So um, when they were blowing and blasting in the quarry, I mean, you could go through your kitchen window and knock you out or kill you. Um, people's homes were just destroyed. Um, during the 4th of July in 1909, the year that the house I had Thanksgiving in was built, they used the sound of the fireworks, which were quite loud, I can imagine, to cover up an extra quarry blast. So they were very sneaky. Um, and if you've ever gone to the fireworks in Noe Valley, I mean, they still have them. Uh, and they're quite loud. So they were, I guess they were just extra loud that year. Um, so in, let's see, I believe it, all, it was also uh, maybe a little before 1909. But um, these workers that, you know, the 1,500 jobs that were being created, they were not treated right. A lot of them were Italian and Irish immigrants who really didn't have many other options and they were being taken advantage of. And, you know, back then everyone had a family. Everyone was married. They all had these big responsibilities they had to attend to every day to be a provider and to and to um, maintain that family, each and every one of them. And, um, you know, there were very few unmarried. So, they, you know, these people were were in poverty and they had limited rights and uh, they had extreme pressures um, due to the poverty to um, care for their families. So that was the type of worker that worked in these quarries. It was hard. It was um, pointless at some point, you know, like the, the rocks that they were that they were cutting and, and shaping, the bricks they were shaping weren't even good enough. Um, so there wasn't much quality control going on. Uh, it was hard for them. To, how can you take pride in your job when, um, you know, you've been cutting bricks and then you find out that all the bricks that you've made are garbage? And, you know, that's also very disheartening as well. Um, so there's really no incentive all around for these workers. So um, early in the century, um, I think around 1909, like I said, uh, one of them shot a secretary 
um, just went up and shot her, um, the secretary of the office of the quarry, because they were disgruntled over their back wages. Okay, um, it's not right to shoot people, I, I don't recommend it, but they were desperate. Well, flash forward to 1914, about five years later, and Joe, Joseph Lococo, um, who was an Italian immigrant, came in and demanded to talk to George Gray. And he had his audience with George Gray. Uh, and, and the subject was, again, back wages. He was owed $17.50. He had a family to care for, and he was getting evicted from his, probably his crappy home. Um, you know, just some ramshackle little place that he, you know, could barely afford, could ill afford. Um, and I believe his wife was sick and there was illness in the family all around. He was under a lot of pressure and they needed that $17.50. Um, George pretty, pretty much just laughed in his face. Well, guess what? That was his last laugh because Joe Lococo shot him dead. Um, so that's two two murders on on the grounds of, of their office. Well, Joe got lucky because the city was on his side. The jury was on his side. He was acquitted of all charges due to temporary insanity. When he was leaving the courthouse, there were about 100 people behind him cheering him on. Okay, so that gives you an indication of just how unliked these men were. If you can imagine, just just garbage, garbage people, as I like to call them, making garbage, being garbage, doing garbage. Um, so Harry remained, and that was the last straw. That was the last straw. Shortly after that, the the business finally folded. They were in business for 25 years of this shit in San Francisco, wreaking havoc, destroying buildings. Does this sound familiar? Does history repeat itself? Yes, it does. So after that, yeah, the business went bankrupt. Harry was around for 23 more years in San Francisco. He died in 1937. Um, it didn't really say whether he died in poverty, but I can only guess he was not as comfortable as he once was. So even though I didn't find out who those two benevolent spirits were, which guard the house in Noe Valley, I did find out about two awful, soulless, and unethical men who once lived in San Francisco. Shocker. Moving on. All right, so um, dreams. I did have a dream where I got in touch with my spirit guides. Um, and I've been having some really personal dreams uh, where I am talking to uh, old lovers about things and, you know, issues that I had to grapple with, things that were a mystery to them, which I was never able to disclose to them. I disclosed in my dreams. So um, those things should remain a mystery in waking life. Anywho, um, yesterday I went to the Dickens Fair with Rose, my model and friend, and then Talon, her friend, and we got all dressed up. Uh, Rose wore a floor-length uh, brown 
satin silk gown and Talon wore a velvet green, a green stretch velvet robe uh, with uh, Alexander McQueen um, cravat that he fashioned out of a scarf with the skulls on it, you know, the one. And um, he had some golden uh, laurel leaves and whatnot. So he was kind of doing a Scrooge meets um, the Ghost of Christmas present. And then I had a silk dress from the 1840s that was falling apart. So I was basically just an urchin type, but you know, dressing as an urchin is the way to go. Um, the food was really good as usual. Um, I don't know why, you know, I think it's, you know, it's not a gourmet restaurant. It's basically, uh, you know, when you go there, there's all these different little stalls where you eat the food and, um, it's kind of, I think it's just well-prepared and it's piping hot. I'm going to leave it at that. I had fish and chips. I didn't put enough vinegar on them because I was so hungry. I didn't, I, you know, I wasn't patient enough to really just douse it in vinegar, but it was still delicious. I should have gotten more tartar sauce as well. Um, and then we walked around and watched the waltzing. There were about four cute guys there, which maybe more than four more or less so obviously one of them was was less distinctive than the other ones but there was one that I gave us at least two or three second looks to um, he was real cute and I was like look I am not going to go and talk to you how's that um, because I just don't do that so if you want to chat with me I'll be sitting right here okay so that was um, that was nice uh, to see some cute guys. It's so rare, and um, to see so many at once. Um, and I watched the dancing, and there was belly dancing, and it smells like potpourri in there. That's out in Cow Palace, by the way, if you don't know where it is. Um, so it's kind of like this indoor environment that's. All, all, uh, all early Victorian England, and and everyone really shows up with their costumes and whatnot. Um, their drinks, I think, are better than the Ren Fair. I had two things of hot buttered rum, and let me tell you, it was a good batch. It was really strong and and very buttery. The only thing that I would do to tweak that that drink a little bit is something a, a dash of of sea salt. I think would just, you know, I've got a, a modern palate, so everything's got to be salty. Um, and I guess in the Victorian age, things were sweeter. Things were, desserts were much sweeter. Apples, however, were not. But um, yeah, everyone had a sweeter palate. Maybe because sugar, it was coming, you know, closer to the era when sugar was a, a, a valued, luxurious delicacy. So, yeah, we were there for about three hours, and then I just came home, and I basically got into bed. I did a little bit more cleaning, as usual. Um, I gave my bedroom floor a good sweep of my rugs. So, yeah, it was a full weekend. I processed, you know, some emotional mysteries in my dream world for that I'm thankful but sometimes I wonder if that was even necessary um, 
I am going to be doing laundry today, which, uh, I'll do anything to put off laundry. Um, and then I'm going to be thrifting at some point, so I should probably get started on the laundry now. Thank you so much for listening. Have a nice day. Bye.